Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inverted world of audio chaos. This is Noise of the Broke Boys podcast. So if you enjoy the show, make sure to drop a like and subscribe for the broke homies. Today's guest is a b-boy podcaster, YouTuber, and real estate agent. My man, b-boy thread of the show, Chia Talks. What's up? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on the show, bro. Yeah, I'm glad you can come. It's good having like podcasters or YouTubers and stuff like that. Because uh, I think it makes it a lot easier to to do these things. I don't need to coach someone how to like talk <laughs> on a microphone. And so like, I know you've had this like uh, podcast that you've been doing. And I know we'll get into talking about that a little bit later. Um, but, uh, you know, your show's been growing. And I know it's about real estate. It is. Um, but you started out as a B-boy. I met you as a B-boy. I battled you many times. And yeah. so it's kind of interesting that you're like this professional person now. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm still me, man. Yeah, I'm still no, you're me. definitely still you. So um, can you talk about kind of like your your intro into dancing and you know where that came from and then like the rise of your crew air steps crew which yeah. had like a huge influence on the sacramento scene and kind of like in the whole california scene definitely in the mong community too for sure yeah yeah, yeah uh i mean man air steps me dancing so i guess i gotta go way back then right so um i i, I came to sac in 03 uh-huh. okay 2003 and um i was uh visiting my uh, my nephew Okay. And um, he was break dancing with Air Steps for a while already. So I think they've been going at it for like a couple of years already. And then I went and hung out with Air Steps. But where I came from, I uh, we raved a lot. We oh, did yeah. break dance. Wait, where were you at? Detroit. Detroit, okay. Detroit, Michigan. Wow. Yeah, so I came from over there. But I was originally from Cali. Yeah. But we moved to Detroit in 96. Oh, Stayed wow. there till like 03. And then we came yeah. back. Okay. And then that's when I got introduced to B-Boy. I always like liked uh, that scene mm-hmm. because in Michigan, there was people that did it too, but I was yeah. more into raving because my brothers did it. So I did it. But when I came here, I got introduced to it uh, by uh, my nephew. He was in Air Steps, like I said. And then from there, he taught me flair mm-hmm. and then windmill. And then I just kind of, it, it was just history from there. Yeah, yeah. Air Steps, I'd say... I think we all met and Air Steps kind of came into the scene more uh, for everybody else besides the Hmong community in 05. Yeah. I would say that's Floor Rockers. You remember that jam? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think you entered. Yeah. You entered. Vincent entered with Chice. They went to the finals. Remember they went against Random and Doom? Mm, that it, sounds familiar. It was yeah. a jam when Morris jumped over the judges table to try to stop the music. <laughs> remember that jam? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there was some chaos back then. <laughs> but that sounds very familiar. I mean, yeah. He was still legendary. Yeah, yeah, okay. Morris was still legendary steps. Okay. And, and the whole crew just came on the, uh, like, before the finals and stayed, uh, went on the uh, middle of the dance floor. And oh. they tried to stop the music. And <laughs> Morris ran straight to the table and tried to stop the music. But then they resumed it. Yeah. So... Ever since that jam, we just got into going to jams. That was yeah. our first jam ever. And then we took first. So yeah. then from there, we just got hooked. And I think that's when we started hitting every jam. Mm-hmm. Whether it was local or Bay Area. Yeah. We went to almost every jam that we could go to. And I think that's what started it all. Yeah. But before that, we all we did was just go to house parties and battle people uh-huh. and call people out. That was it. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I want to say like I knew of you guys before you really showed up at a jam. I just didn't realize how good you guys were. Really? Because I think I had trained like once or twice 
with you guys and then all of a sudden you showed up at one jam just de demolished everyone and i want to say it was like the first jam i ever seen you guys at and i was like oh shit, air steps is no joke <laughs> and you just like ever since after that jam it was like you were at every jam and just beating everybody and in the finals or whatever i, like I wouldn't the jam, say beating but then like we were definitely really addicts it was say that. it was for sure like you were gonna smoke somebody there. <laughs> like you didn't want to get these guys first round for sure. We we really like we were really serious about it because you know yeah. we were kids. Yeah. And like during those times, man, like the only thing we knew was breakdance. You guys changed my mind about how to battle too, because I remember seeing, because I would always kind of go like, oh, I'm gonna battle these guys, so I know what to throw at them and what not to throw at them. And then when you guys came, you would throw freaking everything every round, and I was like, fuck, you can't save, you can't save, save moves. your moves. No. And, and it made me realize saving moves is a stupid idea in the first place, because like. What if you just lose because you saved the move? Yeah, and, and then now I was you like, regret. Yeah, and so that's when I, you guys really changed my mind that that's just really? a dumb way to battle. Man, that's so <laughs> funny you say that because you're right. Whenever we go, we always plan it. Mm -hmm. So whenever we go to jams, we always plan it. We'll, we'll always be like, my best set. Because it's always like, let's say 30 plus b-boys, right? And then yeah. they would just take like top 16 or top yeah. eight. So it's like, shoot, if we want, if we came all the way over here for this jam, yeah. we gotta go all out just so that way, that way we can make yeah. the top eight or top 16. So that was our mentality going into it. And then like during that time, again, we didn't have much responsibility. Mm -hmm. So the moment we woke up, we just wanted to dance. Yeah. You that, know, so those are the days, dude. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like we, we didn't care. We went to the mall, got kicked out because we were dancing. In the mall, yeah. In the mall, you know, before they demolished Florida mall that was our <laughs> mall that we used to go to oh yeah dude before before, like, it, before that mall, whole walmart and everything came there it was a flooring mall you know yeah. and that was the place to go to and we would go there all the time with battle session and get kicked out and then leave i was in a lot of battles at the mall definitely it was at arden mall i was always at arden, arden oh we never really tried at arden but flooring for sure i went at, i went to flooring a couple times but i just lived closer to arden so i was always over there yeah 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 just, I don't know, man. In high school, it was, I would battle there like all the free yeah. time. Once a week, probably. <laughs> yeah. Because like for us, it, I mean, before, this is even before we were entering jams, you know, yeah. like before 05 and like in the Hmong community, it's, it's, um, it's pretty niche. So like once you battle somebody, everybody's going to know who you are. Oh, so yeah, then yeah. they start telling all their boys, their boys start telling the other crews and all that. So like, uh, it could get pretty dramatic. Mm -hmm. quickly <laughs> yeah, yeah but that was all we did yeah yeah so do you have oh, yeah. any like ri uh interesting or funny stories from like that time from um man from just like battling times or so like one morris right he jumped that was a, i thought that was pretty hilarious when he did that. <laughs> the uh, uh other times um during those um time was when um we will always get into fights. Sometimes people yes. would just take stuff too seriously. A lot of fights or we'll go to jams, right? And then we would think we did really good. Uh huh. And we'll always be like, man, we got robbed. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, you guys did get robbed a lot of times, <laughs> dude, to be honest. We, we felt In that fact, way. In fact, dude, there was a jam <laughs> that I won. It was, I mean, it was all of us that won. And you got we battled you like in like the second round or something and i was like dude these guys fucking beat us <laughs> and then i kept telling you guys oh, you got it was at sac state right? no no no. Was, this was, was in um 
It was in the bay somewhere. It was in the bay. Okay. Be, we ba- I know we battled hybrid in the finals. I forget the name of the jam, but we battled you guys in the beginning. I think it was like second round or something. And I was like, dude, Airstep smoked us. Why did we win this battle? <laughs> and then, like, I can't. I remember coming up to you guys like, yo, uh, you guys beat us. So I don't know. I f- you guys got robbed against us. <laughs> I think during that time because we barely started going to Bay Area, yeah. and I think. For us, we felt like there was a lot of politics. There's a, there's for sure. We politics. we we recognized that right off the gate when we went there. Yeah. Like every local jam we went to, we always made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. I feel like, but the moment we go outside, it's like it's politics. Oh, we know these locals more than y'all, so yeah. we're gonna make our locals advance. It, it's definitely that. We felt that. Well, and and it's also like. If, the, if your style's not recognizable to them, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know about these guys. Yeah, like, I remember when we first went to the Bay. During that time, we did a lot of sets, right? Like, mm-hmm. set, set, sets, and a lot of dynamics, right? Power moves, etc. But when we went to the Bay, it was a lot of basic fundamental footworks. Mm. I think that was more of the scene during that time. But we yeah. didn't do much fundamentals back uh-huh. then. We barely did six steps. Yeah. And CCs and stuff. And then I remembered after going to a few bay area jams and then um um coming back home being super depressed and upset that we got robbed yeah like we spoke to a few uh, other bay area uh, people that just became friends with us afterwards yeah. and they they would tell us you know like y'all need to do more footwork y'all need mm. to do more basics y'all need to like tell the judges that y'all know like the history of b-boy y'all know the fundamentals and stuff like that we didn't know what none of that was <laughs> we didn't you know like we went because when we got introduced to break dancing all we knew was power moves yeah like okay. we were doing everybody was doing flare air flare 90s mm-hmm. air flare windmills everybody was doing that yeah but you guys weren't just power move crew though. right we weren't like you for sure weren't like no we we transitioned yeah. so like the I mean, first like Doom, jam. like Doom for sure was not like that. He at was all. all power moves. I guess in the beginning, in he the was. beginning, but then he transitioned. Yeah, Even Doom transitioned. He's, he's so different than that. Yeah, he is so different. So now people that meet Doom like during that time would think, oh, this dude don't have power move, but he started as yeah. power moves. I mean, you know? for sure you guys all had power moves. I would say that, but I wouldn't go and say like you are a power mover. You know, like yeah, in yeah, the yeah. sense of like how Ricky is, how Era. Is like, cause that's all he does. <laughs> that see, so that's funny. So when during that time, we wanted Era to be just power. Yeah. Because everybody was style already, right? <laughs> so we're like, we need one to maintain the power. Oh, okay. So whenever somebody comes out on power, you're gonna handle all of it. You know what I mean? So that was always a strategy going in. Um, but then you know, like you gotta be well rounded if you're yeah. if you're gonna be a dope sure. b boy, right? So we all transitioned. And when you transition, you're going to lose some power boost. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Do you think that was a, a an upgrade to you or like a downgrade? I think it was an upgrade because okay. it taught us to understand mu- musicality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, man, we, we our first jam, we could not follow music at all. It's, it's hard, honestly. <laughs> it is, it like, is. And it, it, like, to... I mean, because the stuff we do is so athletic already, right. and then to like put it to music is hard. And then, it, especially if you're not used to it, right. and then when you start suddenly like start working with it, and, and then like figuring it out, and it just kind of becomes second nature, and you don't even think about it. Right. You don't understand. You don't realize, or I guess you, it's hard to describe the struggle to get there to someone who's never done that before. And then like after you're there, you're kind of like That's you forget true. that it was so hard to get to that point. I know, man. It's it. 
I never understood that. And you're right. It's it becomes second nature, right? Yeah. You just do it subconsciously. And sometimes whenever I teach people to follow music, I'll get so like annoyed. I'm like, it's so easy. Just follow the music. Yeah. Are you listening to the yeah, music? Yeah. The beat is right there. There's yeah. a tempo, mm-hmm. you know. But then like I, that that's so true. Some people, it's not it's not a muscle memory. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So it's it's harder for them because one more thing for them to focus on, right? Exactly. On top of their set. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, like we did not have none of that at all, but then we slowly transitioned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, that was what we did. Yeah, was that was that a funny enough moment? <laughs> <laughs> feeling like we got feeling like we got robbed all the time. For every, the I felt like every job we went to, we always said that we got robbed. Then it got to a point to where it's like we don't need to go to that job. We're gonna get robbed. Is that <laughs> why you stopped breaking or like got out of the Me? scene? Yeah. So I stopped. Because I started a family. Okay. Right? So, like, in in the beginning, like, I was bringing my daughter with me. She's yeah. my oldest. She's 13 now. But during that time, I will bring her everywhere with me. Yeah. Like, she'll be in her, like, car seat. Mm-hmm. I'll bring her everywhere with me to go session, like, jams. But it kind of got to the point where I started neglecting my family. Yeah. And then I, I woke up, I guess. And I, I grew up mm. to where I realized I got to let this go. And, yeah. and and so in my mind, here's what I always told myself. If my kids ever decide to do it, I would 100% support them. Yeah. I won't do what my parents not did to me because mm. they didn't understand. Yeah. But I understand. So if they ever do decide to take dancing into like consideration, I will sponsor them. I will fly them out. I will support them 100% because the passion... Like, once you're passionate in something like that, man, like, you can do a lot of things with that, oh, you yeah, know? So, yeah. like, I told myself that, and I told my wife that. So, I just decided to let it go, mm. you know? And I let it go in the season when I was starting to come up mm-hmm. so as a solo B-boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was still representing Air Steps, mm-hmm. my crew, but I, uh, I was starting to... Uh, to get invites to go to like mm-hmm. seven to smoke yeah, yeah yeah i think that was like my last biggest jam was seven to smoke mm-hmm. um the one in the world dance yeah, yeah over there yeah so i went up to that one and then uh we did a few other exhibitions at world dance against guerrilla warfare in them oh yeah okay and, and, and that was a funny battle shout too. out to those guys yeah man they're dope yeah guerrilla warfare they're dope man chaotic in them mm-hmm. but yeah, that was like one of our last biggest jams that we went to because we got invited to it mm-hmm. and i stopped everything yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we went against Korean b boys too in LA. Mm. You know, we flew all we we flew all the way to LA and we battled uh, at the Battle Swagger. Oh yeah, I we went against Last Four One. <laughs> yeah, those and guys are tight. They're what they're happened dope. To them? I don't know, but yeah. they're dope though. You know, yeah, they're, they were tight. They, and we we looked up to them. Like, yeah. And and um, maybe I'll add this to that. I remember that jam we went right, and then Ariel was supposed to go with us. Uh-huh. But he couldn't go or he didn't want to go. Something. Uh-huh. I forgot. But he couldn't go. So it was me, Nasty Kid, uh, mm. Doom, and a bunch of other homies, right? And then we went and then we went and uh hung out with Impact and Villain them. Cause they got a spot yeah. over there. They're like our mentors. Shout out to them. Yeah. Underground the twins. Flow. The twins, yeah. underground flow. Yeah, they, they were like our mentors growing up. And so we we stayed over there and then we entered together as um as uh, among B Boys. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Among B-Boys. You guys know what that crew is, right? Uh-huh. So it was basically about Hmong B-Boys. Mm-hmm. And so we call ourselves Among B-Boy. And we entered the jam for the first time as Among B-Boys at Battle Swagger. 
And then uh, we went against Last for One. We beat them in a tiebreaker. Mm. And then um, that's I, crazy. It, it is so crazy. That's like crazy. that blew our mind when yeah. we. I went. I, I was the one that did the tiebreaker. Oh really? That's yes. crazy. If if their guy did not like mess up. <laughs> and I didn't make it so obvious during the tiebreaker. I think we would have lost. But then, but then, like he messed up on. Dude, every... I remember that battle. I think. Yeah. You do? I think so. <laughs> I think I remember that because I remember. I remember that going like, "Oh shit, this is getting crazy." Dude, yeah. Like... There was there was so much internet talk about that battle yeah. because we were Hmong. They were Koreans, and a lot of Hmong communities yeah. look up to Koreans. And uh, when we beat them, uh, I remember we called Era, and then Era was like. Oh what! I didn't come, but y'all won against last for one. You know, like, yeah. and he was hella upset, and I think he was kind of jealous. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, for but, sure. But, he but, was. but then, like, that was I, I, that was pretty big for us. You yeah, know, like yeah. we would never, yeah, huge. we would never have like imagined us going through that and being recognized by the LA B boy scenes mm. for beating last for one, and yeah. that made it so big for us. And then um, we just stopped. Mm. We let all that go all of a sudden because everybody grew apart. Everybody started their own families. You know, like yeah. I got three kids now. So that's really why I stopped. Mm. You know, if, if it wasn't for that, I always told, told my wife. Actually, she always mentions it. She'll be like, y do you think that if we didn't have kids or got married, like you would still be dancing? I'll be traveling the world right now dancing. Yeah. I told her that. I'll, that's always my like my reflex yeah, yeah my response you know uh -huh. was because i love i love dancing yeah I, I still love dancing you know and so like i'll tell her that but yeah man that's why i let b-boy go yeah so how do you feel like dancing has influenced like the rest of your life it taught me passion you know it taught uh -huh. me dedication because like man you know like our workouts it's not it's not like once a week workout. If you're doing it once a week, then you're out of shape. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not gonna be able to handle 10, 10 rounds solos, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was like every day. Yeah. Like, and I understood that work ethic. I understand the dedication, and that helped me out a lot in my career now. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, that's why I, I think that's why I I love music so much because I know what it did for me. Mm -hmm. Like, apart from the workout, uh, in the routines, like creating sets of mm. your own like originality that's hard yeah it is when there's it like thousands of b-boys there's thousands of moves out there already like what's new under the sun right mm. and like now you gotta come up with something new and creative and unique like original original sets and stuff like that took a lot of like energy and focus and so like mm. that that taught me like creativity Mm -hmm. You know, like that, that made me a creator. And I think that's why when I'm making my YouTube videos and stuff, I, I love to edit so much because I oh, feel like yeah. I'm creating something from nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when, when we're practicing, right, we don't, we're thinking of a new set, but we're just doing fundamental footwork. And it's like, oh, let's try twisting here. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. try threading here, right? And, and so, like, it's always starting from the fundamentals and then changing it, making mm -hmm. it into your own, right? So yeah. I think... Every, a lot of things I do today involves that creativity. Yeah. So, like, man, B-Boy. B-Boy helped me out a lot Yeah. in that, like, perspective. You know what I mean? I definitely think creativity is, like, a skill. You know? Like, you can't... Um, I, I feel like everybody has an imagination if they let, if they let themselves have it. Right. Um, but to be... 
to to be able to hone like the creativity you have to actually like let that imagination turn you got to put work ethic with that as well to like you know and reason through like something that is possible something that is not or something that maybe is impossible but let's figure out a way how to get there you know right. like, that takes some a little bit of imagination and a little bit of know-how to actually get there you know it and, does and, and it's a skill to really hone you know yeah and there's a lot of tweaks right like For sure like some of your sets i remember some of your earlier sets mm-hmm. that you still do now but you've perfected it right yeah. like in the beginning when you're first implementing that new set it looks sloppy <laughs> but it's a set but then yeah. over time you still keep those set but you yeah. perfected it now uh-huh. and now you're going through music with that set yeah, now yeah. right so like it's never it's never gonna be a done deal and i think that's pretty similar to life oh, right yeah. you're never gonna arrive mm-hmm. right yeah, that's if, true if you if, if, if you felt or believe that you've arrived anywhere, whether it's life, your dance career, your moves, your set, then you basically put a lid on yourself, right? Oh, you yeah. told yourself, you told yourself, I'm good enough. Uh, My move is good enough. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you say that, you're yeah. like never gonna, you're gonna plateau. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna be, you're gonna be right there forever, and like you're never gonna grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the lazy way of seeing things, you know, and. Many people do that, mm-hmm. you know, many people do that and it's, you're right. You know, it, it's really hard to want to get out from that comfort zone and say, yeah. what can I do to perfect this move? Yeah. Or what can I do in life to perfect my career? Mm-hmm. Like anything in that, that, that principle applies throughout, yeah. you know? So I learned so much from that and not only that, but when you perfected it or when you've come up with your own set now, now you got to perform for a live audience. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not scripted. Oh, yeah. So there's all that pressure, too. So, like, now you're dealing with, um, uh, you're dealing with, like, being in front of a crowd. Yeah. All that pressure, you know, and that's that's a lot, man. Yeah. You know, that that's so much that an uh, individual has to go through. I mean, when you're with your crew, it's a little bit different because you have your cheerleaders there right yeah but then like when you're uh doing like a solo event it's tough yeah it's tough you know you don't know nobody it's a new scene this ain't your hometown it's like i don't think they like me like you you have all (laughs) these doubts before you even enter the first round you know yeah yeah so like i i think i think have having gone through that season of breaking my uh life yeah i could always reflect right now look mm-hmm. look uh, and look back at those uh, days and go i could get myself out from this i've mm-hmm. done this before oh yeah yeah you know for what i mean sure, for sure so so yeah, yeah man I, I don't think i i would ever take those days back yeah no i i totally agree with that that breaking has taught you like how to go from like nothing to something and like just with I don't, like cut to break you don't really need anything you no. need a floor and i guess some shoes maybe but yeah like, not really anything True, and not really you turn, yeah. and you and you figure out how to make your body do all these things um i mean it truly is going from nothing to something it I is think. and uh like that ability i think it teaches you how to go oh yeah uh you know, when I'm faced with something challenging, there's a way to do it. I just need to figure it out. You know, yeah. apply some thought, apply some creativity, and I think I'll yep. figure it out. Yeah. No, that's so true. It's a, it's a, that's a, that's a skill that's, uh, I don't know. But it could overlooked. be learned. For sure. You know? it, it, it could be learned. learned. Yeah. I mean, 
everybody is different you know it might take longer for this person versus that person but if you're dedicated and if it's something you're really passionate about like you'll be able to get that skill you know you'll be able to learn it and it's gonna be one of those skills where it's priceless yeah because you can apply it anywhere in life it, yeah you know so yeah be, uh, you know the other thing too is being in front of people and like pouring your heart and soul onto the floor in front of a crowd is not an easy thing to nope. do. I mean, one of the biggest fears people have is like public speaking yeah. and things like that. And I feel like it's not quite a fear of mine anymore because it's like I've, I've braked in front of huge audiences. Yeah. You know, like I've done all the all-star game for the NBA. I've mm -hmm. done like tons of NBA games. I've been in front of huge crowds and braked and it was not a problem for me. And now it's like when I have to do a you know, like a, a speech or something at work or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. It's it. Right. This, I do this all the time, basically. Yeah. Like I do something worse, like harder than this, all the time. You know. Yeah. Which is which is a weird uh, which is a weird skill to have learned from breaking. I would say. <laughs> yeah, and like sometimes we we mess up. Yeah. You know, sometimes we <laughs> you go sometimes like, people hit the floor because they know we screwed up. Yeah. They know I'll say they knew that we <laughs> screwed up, so now they tap me on the floor, right? Yeah. Dude. And they're letting the judges know. So like when we flop, we get used to that flop, yeah, right? You, it's like shoot. Now I gotta So For for sure. I mean like there's nothing like being in front of a huge crowd falling on your face and then the other person is just yeah. like <laughs> you fell yep. <laughs> yeah like laughing at you in your face like you get real strong after that oh especially my so then when you go to like you know do do something public public speaking or whatever people aren't gonna really be doing that. no they like, won't yeah i've been through a lot worse this <laughs> is not that hard you know <laughs> i have yeah, people man. laughing in my face because i yeah, fell man. b-boys b-boy scenes it's brutal man if y'all <laughs> think if y'all think all these like dancers that are hella dope it's they, they're always getting the attention like at Red Bull and stuff. It ain't like that at all, man. They're oh, yeah. getting booed off camera. They're getting... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the 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 work to get to that is... I mean, it's hidden for the large... For most yep. of it. But, like, dude, the struggle is real for oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like... This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Common Sense. Do you find yourself fumbling with whether you should put a lid over the blender before turning it on? Or maybe you have a desire to put your hand into the blender while it is on. Or perhaps you're a dancer that believes your face crash signature move is the best way to impress a bunch of people you don't even know. It may be that common sense is right for you. Talk to your doctor about how common sense can change your life. I myself have seen a huge increase in my own well-being after I began using common sense. For example, I no longer yearn to post selfies online or purchase gluten-free water. Thanks to common sense, I feel like a brand new person. Talk to your doctor today and see what common sense can do for you. And now, on to the show. For somebody to get to that level, it's because they went through a lot. Yeah, I mean, they how many people laughed at them or like, you know, yeah. said, you suck. Exactly. <laughs> they went through a lot of dirt to be able to reach that kind of level, you know? Yeah. So like, when you understand that kind of struggle, you just give them a lot of props mm -hmm. for what they do. It doesn't even matter if they win that jam or not. They made it there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's huge right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the scene now with like... You know, we got sponsored events and stuff, and it's like huge, 
I look at it now and I go, wow, like, look how far we've come from just, you know, going to, you know, crappy little events that were just at a community center where there's like 30 people there to now. I I mean, it's being live streamed on TV. I don't know. Millions of viewers probably. Right. Um, Legit athletes, legit companies sponsoring this. It's like such a crazy thing to see. It, like in my lifetime, I never thought I would see something like yeah, this. And now like, it's going into the Olympics. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. Geez, like man. when when I was hearing about that, I'm like, it, it, it's it kind of makes you feel like, shoot, I, sh- I should have kept doing it. Uh, you, no, you know, <laughs> or dude, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me go, man. I was born a little bit too early because <laughs> like once the Olympics hits, I'm going to be like 37 and it's like, yeah, I, I mean, th- not that there's gold medalists yeah. that have been that age, but it's like not, a, there's not a good chance of that. <laughs> you know, you, uh, there's all these young bucks coming up. That, like 18 that year olds that are, that are right now. And they are, got energy. Yeah. You I know? mean, <laughs> capitalize on that because like I could see this. You know, in like 10 or 20 years, 10 or 15 years, probably, we're going to see this thing become like skateboarding or something. Where I know. You got sponsored people. Yeah. I mean, think about it, right? A lot of a lot of move, movies now implement dance. It does. Yeah. Right. Choreography, B-boys. Yeah. Like even these cartoon Disney movies now, they're implementing dancers. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Or from like B-boy scenes. Yeah. You know, and so it's huge. Dance is not going anywhere I mean, anymore. What I I almost think it's going to be a sport where like people because it's fun to watch. I, I feel like, you know, I know a lot of people that don't break and they watch and they go like, this is really cool. And I feel like as in the same sense that skateboarding or like even like UFC or something like that is fun to watch, even mm-hmm. if you don't do it. Right. Um, I feel like it could easily become something like that. See, but here's the scary thing about that. If it does become a sport, right? It's going to lose a lot of that rawness. Yeah, it's going to yeah. lose a lot of that because yeah. now it has to be entertaining. Yeah, for sure. Right? You can't you can't include the 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 rusty part of it, the ugly side of it now, right? Cuz nobody wants to see that. They want to see that they want to be entertained, right? So I think that's going to take away a lot from like the the actual scene and it's going to change the whole it's going to change it. Yeah. Now it's not even about hey, let's go session. It's gonna be like I want to be a b boy when I grow up, and then like it's just behind cameras now, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. But really, be- behind back doors, you don't really like to dance. You're just doing it for the money. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it can get to that. You know, not to say that the people that are doing it big right now don't love what they're doing. No, that's not true at all. It's just they came up during the time when. You had to work hard to get to where you're at yeah. currently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, if it becomes a sport, it's kind of like I want to sign up, mm. you know. And then now it's kind of like, okay, we're doing, we're doing like um, auditions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So there's... then now it's like, is that person really a b boy? Do they really know about b boy? Yeah, they. Yeah, there's definitely like something to, like. I guess being just like some bummy ass kid or whatever, and then going stumbling upon breaking and going like, I just love this thing. And I'm, I, you know, there's, I don't even know what events are or like there's, there's hardly jams. And if there is, you win like 10 bucks from it. Yeah. Like 
and still loving to do it and continuing with it uh because i mean when i first started there was barely jams around no. like once it was in a just while. house parties yeah it was like parties and you would go <laughs> or, there or would schools. be like there would be a dance party <laughs> yeah. that had nothing to do with breaking and then they would just play some you know crappy like a hip hop song like oh this is good enough to break yeah, this so we're going to yeah. just we're just going to break it settle for this and then you find out that you know like this dude breaks like i think i met him through that cuz <laughs> we were at like a uh uh a basketball game and we just started breaking and then the, him and his friends started battling us we we're like okay whatever like that was like all that we had breaking it wasn't like these red bull events or whatever right. i mean i think i want to say red bull did have an event around that time which was like lords of the floor in 2002 or whatever but but youtube I mean, wasn't like how it was right YouTube now. youtube didn't exist mm -hmm. uh yeah not till what 2000 and See, that, that's crazy that you mentioned that, right? So, like, I remember, like, when we first started uh, getting into jams and there was all these groups coming up trying to go to jams now, too. Um, there would be a lot of these crews that was watching YouTube, yeah. right? And then it kind of got to the point to where everybody looked alike. Yeah. Everybody's style was it's, like, it's so recognizable. It's like... You look like Hontan. It's dude. It's you, social you know? media. I, yeah, I, I truly think it's social media and uh, the 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 red, readily available uh, footage um, just on the internet. Because before that, like, when did you see footage? It was when your homie gave you the tape that yeah. he copied like fifteen yep. times, and it's like super grainy, and you're like, I can't yeah. even see what the heck this is. It looks tight though. And you had one of those, and yep. then you trade your friend for the next one when he got that or whatever. Dude, we didn't even have that. Like yeah. we, we had to like, shoot. We, we remember we would go to jams, right? Yeah. And they would they they would sell these DVDs. Oh yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't allow you to bring your like recording devices and all because they wanted to record it and sell it to you, yeah. right? So like that's how <laughs> that's how they would make money back in the days because they knew that people was gonna record it. Yeah, and now yeah. they can't sell you the movie or that jam, <laughs> right? So, like, that was our only exposure to, like, jams and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I remember going to Freestyle <laughs> Session 8, which was on the Queen Mary uh, Oh, boat. yeah, the boat. Yeah, yeah, the boat. And they, that was right when cell phones started being used. Um, I didn't have one at that time, but I remember my friend had one. It was just, a you know, a little stupid flip phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, But it had a camera on it. I think it could videotape in like the worst quality footage but it was for like, like 30 seconds for like 30 <laughs> seconds yeah and they wouldn't let him bring it in they're like you yep. can't bring this in because you're gonna steal the yep. footage or whatever and and he was like dude what i'm gonna steal 30 seconds yeah. of footage what are you talking about pause, you pause. can't even see anything there's like yeah. five pixels in this thing and they wouldn't let him bring it in <laughs> yeah man it's it's horrible it's uh, that was how i mean so i get it you know like now yeah. like as a business person like i get it those uh, event holders, they they were, they had a business going on. You know, they yeah. needed to make money from the event, so that's how they did it. And sometimes, like those people, were using that to pay the people that was winning the yeah, jam, yeah, right? Yeah. So I get it. You know, now that I'm grown up, got my own family, I get it. There's bills you gotta pay. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it did got absurd, <laughs> right? Like it even got to the point where, like, I remember we went to this one Bay Area jam. They did not let us bring our own water. Cause they wanted oh, yeah, to sell yeah. it to us. Yeah. Oh. We were so mad. We were so broke already, right? Yeah, I hate. That. And so here's what we did: we would go to the bathroom and drink the tap water. Yeah. Cause we were so thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like a five second session. 
Yeah. It's, it's like you're there for hours. You yeah, know? yeah, and you're and like not letting you have some water is insane. Yeah, and like everybody's sweating. Honestly, that's probably a lawsuit. <laughs> in all honesty, yeah. Nowadays, but yeah, I mean, I remember going to some events where they're yeah. like, "Yeah, you can't bring water." I'm like, "You just want me to die?" Yeah. Like, well, you can buy it for yeah. five dollars over there. Like, I ain't got no money. My money's like, for the yeah, entrance. First speed. of all, I don't have the money to do that. And if I did, uh, on principle, I'm not buying. You know. One pint for five dollars. It's like, like a markup. Yeah, come on, dude. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, man. I, mean, I get it. Business. It but is. But at the same time, it's like you gotta kind of be realistic. It's a stupid business model, I think. It is I mean, because it doesn't last long. Like I understand selling water and stuff, but saying like, no, you have to buy my water. It's it's dumb. I think. Right. Like. It should be provided as a convenience that, hey, we do have it we if have you it. don't have if, if you, you don't want Because there's for sure people who didn't bring yeah. the water. And yeah. also there's for sure people who like, they brought water, they finished it, and they're like, oh, this tap water is not good. Right. I want like something else. Yeah. Oh, here's an option right here. Yeah. I think that's a lot better. And it it's not like from the get-go, like, F you, buy my stuff. Like, yeah, there's already man. animosity, like, between customer and, like, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a provider at yeah, that point. Yeah, I remember when we would go to jams and those type of jams, and then we get robbed. Like, what yeah. I was saying before, we always got robbed. And you're like, like I'm going to rob this place. Yeah, Give me us, your $5 for us, it's like, man, they didn't even let us bring our own water, <laughs> and now we got robbed on top of that? Man, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, you're just bringing back rage moments in me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking about so many times. But, but this is like real life stuff that is, we went yeah. through, you know? Because also you weren't going to really win that much money at that <laughs> no, jam. No, it like, wasn't enough. You drove hell far for it. I mean, like, I don't know about how you guys got to these jams sometimes, but man, we had some rough car rides. Oh. Like, five people in like a yeah. tiny little car like i mean i remember where there's like eight of us in one little like uh suv there was yeah. people sitting in the in the like hatchback trunk area it was all bad no nope. same here man yeah. we, we had our acura integras honda civics with yep. five seaters but there was like 10 people in that five seater oh, yeah. car <laughs> yeah and then you luckily it was small you know we're like small so well we count <laughs> as one person you know when it's two <laughs> Yeah, dude, but it's like you go through that to go. I mean, it's for the love of the game to get out there, and you're like, oh, and then it, you get robbed, and then you yeah. got to pay $5 for water. You just want to, like, kick someone. I know, man. Kick we, the table over. I'm, I and, and I guess that's why we go so hard, you know, yeah. whenever we go to jams, is because we knew the sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, probably an hour before that jam, we probably got into a big argument with our family or our parents to give us money just oh, so we could enter the yeah, jam. Yeah, yeah. It's like, shoot, we're kids. We ain't got no job. We ain't got no car. The only person that has a car ain't got no gas money. So, shoot, how much is a jam? 20 bucks a person? There's 10 of us. Dude, we ain't got that kind of money. Yeah, so, that's a lot of money. So, like, some of us in the in the crew had money, and we would share. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then we would, like, pay for each other to get in. We would buy food for one another yeah. to get in. So, the crew aspect of it, we all became family. Yeah, definitely. We all became brothers in the sense to where it's like, damn, we we sweat together, we we bled together, yeah, and we sacrificed to go to that jam. Nah, you're my brother after tonight, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it it, it is like that. Yeah. You definitely develop like a brotherhood between like everyone, um, like in your crew, just from like the the sacrifices you yeah. make to get there, and like, you know, you know, I. I'm curious if that's still around in the scene now. I mean, I don't really see it as much because it. I, I don't doubt. See, I, I don't think so. I don't see crews like, you know, our crews from back then. I I don't see that kind that that same kind of uh, what did you call it? 
the word I'm looking for. Um, grit. I don't see that kind grit? of grit. Yeah, I don't. That grit is one of them. But no, oh, Mac, I'm having a brain fart right now. No, 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 it's a different word. It's turn your mic on, dude. <laughs> it's 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 a different word. But then, but then, like, I don't see that kind of camaraderie. Camaraderie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see that kind of camaraderie no more yeah. amongst these like b boys or the, even these crews. Yeah, well, I hardly see crews. You know what? Yeah, see, you know what I see now? One person, one guy. But he's representing a crew. But it's always him. Yeah. So you only know about his crew because of him. Because of him, and yeah. then like you're like, like, where's all the other guys? I in feel there? like that's the scene now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's which is sad. It's it is sad if you think about it, right? It's because they don't do crew. Battles and they don't. Well, he, he, I mean, here's spinful words. Here we go. <laughs> here's my conspiracy theories. No, honestly, my conspiracy theory is that like when there was a lot of big crew battles, the crews like ours that were doing a lot of routines were just demolishing oh, every yep. other crew, mm-hmm. and people didn't like that no and then they were like how do we stop this they limit routines i remember Lim- they first were like <laughs> limiting routines yeah and which i mean <laughs> i remember, I remember alien ness <laughs> was when they they limited it at uh freestyle session yeah. 10 he put a post on freestyle uh freestyle session boards saying like hey you guys are stupid yeah. you just eliminated all the competition yeah. for us we're gonna win the jam and like uh, and then what do you know they do win I mean it, uh, Gamblers was in the finals against them put a, a good fight against I think actually Gamblers probably beat them but either way like he was right by limiting these routines it made him it a breeze for them to win yeah and, because and, because some crews they stand out because of their routines yeah, you yeah. know and, and I remember there was some jams that we went to they didn't even allow commandos yeah they're like you can't do commandos you like what like automatically they're like this isn't part of breaking i'm like then how come i saw ken swift and <laughs> someone else do this like back in the 90s or and how come rocksteady crew was on like uh uh what is it um uh david letterman's show like dancing doing routines together yeah. how's that not breaking you're stupid like you, <laughs> i know I man know. i see it it's goes it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier right po- politics yeah right I feel that sometimes it's because those jams have locals. Yeah. And though that local team probably didn't really that great at commandos yeah. or routines. So they knew, shoot, we don't want to we don't want to give the prize money to an outsider. Yeah. The only way we can eliminate that, give it to a local is if we you know, we we choke them out. I I mean, I honestly think it was even like less uh plan than that i think it was more that they were just like kind of brainwashed that this isn't real breaking routines are not real breaking because that there was a big narrative going through the whole scene around I remember that, time. that time like oh it's not that that's not real breaking and people started believing that and i would always push back like then how come there's all this footage yeah. of all these guys that you look up to doing routines you know, i mean you can say that's not breaking but go say that to all their faces and by so, the way that's yeah. what ken swift remind crumbs right fucking, all those original like yeah exactly folks. so hey go go talk to them i know and then that's crazy i legs, remember go, you know i remember I mean? during that time when they were not allowing commandos or limiting uh routines per a uh, jam per crew i remember before they started implementing that on a yeah. lot of local jams we were 
hella into routines, right? Yeah, steps. Yeah. We got into it. We actually got into a lot of routine because of Flex Flav and Legendary Steps. Yeah, yeah. Because we know that y'all do a lot of routines. Yeah. Right? And then we're like, okay, we need some retaliations. Yeah. So that's when we started implementing a lot of routines. And it got to that. We're like, great. We practiced all these routines. And now we got to go back to solos. But yeah. for us, like, we started out as solos. So it wasn't a big issue. Yeah. But I remember that that season when uh, that was going on. We're like... What the heck is going on? Yeah, it, First, no water. Now, no routines. I mean, <laughs> what, what was what was dumb to me uh, was like they would go, "Oh, you can't do the routines," but you know, solos are fine. And I was like, "No one over here on the routine side is saying don't do solos." Like they yeah, have always been yeah. saying, "Do solos too." Like yeah. in fact, a lot of them were saying, "Do a solo after your routine. Like it makes your round just look better. It right. makes you. It's more clean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a finished and, set. But then the people that couldn't do routines were like, mm, "No, no, no." Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I would venture to guess that you know the scene kind of like threw a fit over it, mainly because they wanted a lot of crews that were winning those things to slow down. And yeah. now it's affected the scene to where crews kind of don't exist anymore like you see jinjos and like top nine still around and by the way they still do routines um uh they do hella routines yeah and those are probably the only crews that still really like stick together like that i mean you know i don't know i mean there's i guess there's super crews that have become uh uh, that that became a new thing during our time too. Super crews started coming together, yeah. you know. And then they became actual crews and started doing routines. Yeah. Uh, I mean, actual you really, super crew. You really like your squadron. routines, Curry? No, I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that that happened. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of people do, they want to like not focus on stuff like that. I know, man. I think. I mean, people's gonna do what they're gonna do, right? Yeah. And, uh, honestly, it's. It's small events that are doing that. Big yeah. events, they don't really care about that. Yeah. If you're dope, you're dope. I think the big events got affected in the sense that they don't want to throw the crew battles anymore. Mm-hmm. There's only once once in a while they'll do it. Like, look at Freestyle Session, for instance. When have they done a like a full 10 versus yeah, 10 like in a long time? Now. It's always three on threes. Which, I'm not complaining about. Like, I like those too. But... It's not full. It's on not crew the same. It, I, I love the crew battles. They're just same so here. much, so it's much different. more fun to watch. Yeah, you know, and like and participate. And like, I think a crew. What makes a crew dope? At least when we were doing it, this is what we all thought. What makes a dope crew is everybody. Yeah, goes out confidently. Mm-hmm. Nobody is standing behind the main guy. Yeah. You know, like nobody is standing behind uh, that guy because they know they got it too. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times these these crews, if they really did like do more crew battles, the crew's pretty dope. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. remember when I first uh, heard about Knuckleheads. Yeah. Cali. yeah. yeah. It was because of Thesis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I found out about Flexum. I found out about all the other guys. I'm like, man, all these guys from Cali are dope. Yeah, Knuckleheads yeah. Cali? What the heck? But I only knew about Flexum and Thesis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? So, like, it is lost, you know? And I think that one of the reasons why it's lost, the crew battles and all that, is because sponsorships. Mm. How, wh- wh- why would you say that? Because, like, think about it, right? All these, like, when you see, like, Kid David or Rocks, right? Or, like, mm-hmm. these big uh, b-boys that we knew that we competed against uh-huh. they're in movies now yeah yeah 
you don't see the whole Korean movies. You oh. only see that person. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like like Casper. Casper did movies, mm-hmm. but then you didn't see Boogie Brats in there. You didn't see oh, the yeah, whole crew. Oh yeah, they broke crew. out into the industry. Yeah, and they just... broke out into the industry, and now I I swear, dude, I swear to God, like for a season, everybody wanted to be a Hollywood celebrity b boy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that in the scene, anyways. Yeah, I mean, like a lot everybody of that are like, um, so. I'm so uh, I don't know fame. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of people that chase fame in in this. Which scene. which is sad because now it's like you don't really love the the the, the sport, no, or yeah. you don't really love the dancing. Yeah, it, well, it's I, I I honestly think it's a lot of uh, younger people now who it is entered into the scene and never saw it the way we saw it. Like they only saw the social media version of yeah. breaking, where your capital is not when you win when you battle somebody and come out with like those types of battle scars it's like you posted a video on your instagram and it went viral right you know and you got a million views or whatever likes or whatever and then that's that's how you got your your uh your stripes that's how you got your clout Mm -hmm. nowadays and so i feel like they've only seen that yeah unfortunately you know i get it you know we gotta evolve but then i think the fundamentals, right? Still mm-hmm. is such an important key. Yeah, right? you, you can't like. I feel like you can't dust the dirt off of breaking. You know, like you can't. It's just it's you, you. It's it's fundamentally like this dirty thing that you gotta like respect it for. Yeah, yeah. and like I think it also makes it a little bit more long term, right? Because yeah. if you're serious about it and you're not doing it for the clout, the fame. Then whether you get it or not, you're still in the game, mm. right? Like man, like we had nothing coming up, mm. but we still did it because we loved it so much. Like our goal wasn't to be a Red Bull. I mean, that would have been great. Like our goal was to beat that local kid. Mm. Man, I I lost to that guy. Now I, I'm I'm gonna be like coming back stronger now. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That was our goal during that time. Oh, uh, where it was like, shoot, this crew, man, we gotta, we gotta wipe this crew out. Yeah, that was what it was about. We didn't really care about winning anymore. It was more about going out there, representing hard, and knowing mm. that we did, we did, we gave it our all, and no, with no regrets, you know. But yeah, man, I feel you. I think right now it's not like that at all. That's why I think there's so many newcomers, mm. and then there's so many people is also dropping out. They mm. they do it for a while because it's fresh. Yeah. And it's hot now because they're the new things. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the new b-boys to the scene. But then after they do it for a while, it's like, oh, somebody kind of came in now. You're no longer the new kid on the block. Then they stop. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't really, it wasn't really like a passion for that person. Mm-hmm. They just did it for the clout, like what you were saying. The fame. It, it, it wasn't, there wasn't no true dedication. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, it's it's a weird scene now. I, I definitely feel out of place in it, you know, um, just, you know, I, I, I try to be a part of it still. And I go like, it just doesn't feel as real to me. It's not the same anymore, for sure. Like every once in a while, you know, like what uh, whenever I see some of the airstep members, like we'll talk about the old days. Man, I miss the old days. It's because yeah. we're never gonna see those days. Uh, yeah, I, I truly don't think it's. Nobody's gonna, gonna, gonna throw a house party and expect oh shit, yeah. airstep might show up. And and or, I don't want to sound like the like old guy that's yeah, complaining yeah, yeah. and reminiscing, but I also want to like stress that like we're seeing like new things in the scene that has never been here before, and uh, 
I think I feel like everyone's kind of adjusting to it and not seeing the repercussions of it or and not predicting what's going to happen from those things. Um, and we're, I, we're, we're starting to see it now. Like, for instance, like just the how how much breaking has changed because battling because organized tournaments have become the forefront of the event before mm-hmm. that was just kind of part of something. I mean, even before jams were really there you were just ha- having house parties it's mm-hmm. mostly circles and battles that happen out of that now you have basically events structured around fake battles and that's all that most people see and then they go they go to the jam and they go oh this is what real breaking is and they've never yeah. been in a circle never went to a house party and battled somebody so it's hard for me to go like yeah you're a b-boy but you've never done a beat like what yeah. b-boys do you, all you've done is the fake battles yeah, like, and I'm not trying to discredit them. Yeah, but it, it's just different to me. It you know? is. It is. You know, I remember when I was I got out the scene for a while, and then um, I was reaching out to like some of the airstep members, and then they were telling me, dude, like, uh, was it uh, Silverback? Uh huh. Yeah, the dude. Um, yeah, we went. Yeah, yeah. So, to so the first like, one. Yeah, and like I was hearing about Silverback, how like. Oh man, they're changing the game. They're bringing up people. They're sponsoring events and all that. And for me, I felt like that's that's great. That's more opportunity for b boys. That's great. But then it soon became like what you were saying. It became something to where it was almost scripted in a way, to where it was yeah. just politic to a new level. Yeah. Right. It almost made it felt like they already had a crew or person in mind to win <laughs> so they were gonna cater it more towards that person yeah, yeah, but yeah. they also had to shoot it in a way to where nobody saw that it was scripted or it was role played in that sense <laughs> we're getting back to conspiracy <laughs> land baby so no like that's how i always felt when i was watching yeah, those no, scenes again and it's I, like i would agree that dude per- perfectly lost. i would agree because I'll put it this way. I've always thought Red Bull BC1 was rigged. Mm. And I'm not trying to hate on them, but I've always been... Whenever I'd watch it, I would go like, this is kind of weird that these guys that are sponsored by Red Bull uh, keep winning your thing. Or like... like It it wasn't until this year that (laughs) the guy that had nothing to do with Red Bull, I never even heard his name, Amir, won it. That I was like, oh, maybe it's not rigged. Because I would always just, every time I'd watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be that guy that wins. It's going to be one of these three guys you that are have the Red Bull shirt on, you know, that are going to win. You, you know what I always thought about Red Bull? For me, I look at it as it's a business, right? Yeah, it is. And it makes sense from a business yeah, perspective. Yeah, I get it. But then again, it becomes a sport now because it's yeah. politics and yep. it's a personal game. There's strings attached. Yeah. So for me, when, when I watch Red Bull, it's always this. They really have a guy representing Japan. Mm-hmm. They really have a guy representing the U.S. Yeah, they really have have a guy representing Brazil. So you get the picture where I'm going, right? Okay, who else are they gonna bring in now, to So that way they could reach the masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you get what I mean. So I felt like it's always been that. Yeah. So they had to play their cards right. They had to pick a pretty good person to do that, yeah, right? Yeah. And and once these guys started getting old that was representing a certain country, okay, we got to find a new rep, yeah. uh, a new people to represent him because he's getting old. But we're not going to make it look like we're yeah. not going to be representing him. Yeah, no and I'm not, you know what? I want to <laughs> clarify. I'm not saying that it's like rigged in the sense right. that they're like 
the judges are like going, hey, we're going to get that guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, they're not doing we're that. Not, but we're not. Like, what I was noticing a lot is that they would have their sponsored guy in a battle against, like, the non-sponsored guy in a situation where that guy is gonna beat this other guy yeah unless something crazy happens and sometimes the craziness does happen and they kind of go like oh what are we gonna do well that's why we have lose but uh." yeah but like you know that's why we have contingency plan where there's these other guys like you know what i mean like i do man the brackets were always just suspiciously set up that way dude i mean it's like it's like conspiracy theories baby let's go (laughs) dude because it's like man the guy that won the last rebel he lost the first round in this Red Bull. It's like, yeah, what? Yeah. It's You know, so I, I get it. At the same time, it's kind of like they're trying to they're trying to entertain the masses. Yeah. They, you know, they got a business to run. I get it. And yeah. Red, Red Bull, the competition is just a small fraction of what uh, the overall umbrella covers, right? They do action yeah. cameras. They, 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 they do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. No, I know? mean, shout out to them for sure. They're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm not trying to hate on it right. at all. I'm just pointing... I'm just trying to point out the fact that it's a lot of it is like fake battles to me. I and, feel like, and and I'm not saying fake battles in the sense of like it being bad. It's just that it's not a real battle where like me and you have beef and we're gonna battle. <laughs> None of them have beef. Right. They're all homies. Right. And the and then they're just like, oh, they called my name, so we're gonna go up there we're and do go the all thing. Out. And you know, and the battles are dope too. Yeah. But again, like it's not real breaking in the sense that the breaking that I grew up with, you know, it's really, different. so I want to differentiate that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. so maybe it's mean to, to call it fake battles, but it's like different <laughs> than that. You know, I feel you though. Yeah. That's why it's so hard for me to watch those now. Yeah. I can't really watch no more. And maybe it's just because I'm a outdated old person now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I can't really watch those. No more. A lot of, a lot of battles. Now I, I see them once in a while and I'll go like, yeah, it's kind of, the Some same. shit that I've seen before. You know what I mean? It's I the don't know. same. He- the, the, the footage that gets me excited is surprisingly footage from like the 90s, which has always been the footage that has excited me because you'd see the weirdos just show up just doing <laughs> something crazy that I've never seen before. Yeah. And I'm like, where the heck did those guys go? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it. I mean, again, I could... Conspiracy theory, <laughs> let's go. Uh, that social media again like kind of converge styles to one one direction because yep. those are the styles that always win these battles mm-hmm. and so that's what you see most yeah. of the time and that's and why the, every kid right now is doing that yeah and all the weirdos like y- you would once in a while get a judge that votes for you but a lot of judges are like what the heck is this i don't yeah. know what it is and like and they're gonna they're not gonna vote for it but you need the weirdos there and unfortunately what i think happens nowadays is the weirdos are still around but they're just people don't see them and the the guy the 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 bigger people see what they're doing and they go let me flip this a little bit and put it on the big stage and then i don't know it's kind of like taking from the weirdos possibly you know i mean i think i think that's always going to be an issue yeah. Everywhere you go, there's always going to be somebody that's going to try to imitate. Yeah. Right? And it's not always originate. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's just... It, I don't know, man. I think I think we could go all night about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy theories. Let's go. Yeah, no. Um. Yeah, actually, we're probably hitting, what, an hour now. Um, so before we close, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, um, your real estate 
business. Yeah. Um, because obviously you have a podcast, you have a YouTube channel, you talk all about real estate, trying to get people on game about what to do to buy, like when they're buying property and things like that. Um, and so I wanted to ask you like how you got into that and like, I guess like what are some tips you would give people that would, you know, would either be getting into that business or like be looking for property? Yeah. So I got in the industry <clears throat> because, um, I, I was a I was a, a mechanic before. Yeah, yeah. And um, touching cars and all that, but I hated it because oh, okay. because my hand was always greasy. Dude, my white tub would be black by the time I'm done with it. Yeah, so yeah. it it got to that point where it's like uh, it's affecting my health now because now I'm breathing in bad emissions because I'm always sniffing the tailpipe. So yeah. it got to the point where it's like I, I had to ask myself, do I want to do this forever? Mm. I probably not. So then um, I. I told one of my uh, church members at that time that I was looking for a new, I was open for a career change. And yeah. he was a broker. He's my he's uh, my broker now. And he invited me to a uh, career night at um, his broker at that time. Mm. And I went and I was like, shoot, I can see myself doing this. Yeah, yeah. So I got into it, never looked back, been doing it ever since. So since 2016? Yeah, okay. You know, so I've been doing it since 2016. Um, what I would recommend anybody that's looking to into, that's getting into um, the industry, I would say you, anybody could do it. Mm -hmm. Again, if you want to put the dedication into it, because I never imagined I was going to be selling homes yeah. or advising people on buying or selling. Mm -hmm. I never in a million years imagined I was going to be a real estate agent. But once I did it, it's like, shoot. I can't see myself doing anything else now. Mm. You know, it kind of became a passion because with real estate, I like, I just love helping people. Yeah. Even yeah. when I was dancing, like my crew members, we would always like try to come up with creative ways to get new sets. Yeah. Like I'll look at doom. I'll be like, Hey, maybe we should do this. Mm. Like helping people was always a passion for me. And like in real estate, I, I'm helping people to become homeownerships or, you know, buying assets or selling assets. So I mm -hmm. love that part. And I'm just a social butterfly. Mm -hmm. if you haven't noticed, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so like um, I would just say if you're thinking about getting in the industry, talk to somebody, you know, yeah. and just ask them a lot of questions. Take them out for lunch or coffee or tea and just ask them a lot of questions. Yeah. And then from there, maybe attend one of their like trainings and see if you can imagine yourself doing it. You know, like mm -hmm. it, it, it's gonna have to start from there. I, I can't say that. Oh, you gotta do it because you love talking to people. Because I know some agents that are killing it and they hate talking to people. <laughs> you know, but then they learn how to leverage a team. Yeah. Okay. To talk to people for them. You know. So oh, like, so like, there's many angles you could go at it. So it's not one size fits all. And okay. and now for for anyone that's um, looking to buy, you know. I would say not everybody's meant to buy a home. Mm, you know why do you say that? Because everybody's season is different. Everybody's okay. got timing, like you. It's like me coming up to you uh, five years ago, mm -hmm. saying you should buy a home. Uh -huh. But it's not the right time. The right time oh, was okay. two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you just bought when you bought this yeah, home, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like that. So when I first started uh, this industry, I. If for me, I'm the type of person to where if I think something's good, everybody should be doing it. Okay. So I'll preach about that. Yeah. I'll be like, man, you should buy a home. You don't, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. And so for me, and so I had to learn that I had to learn and grow 
that uh, and, and understand that you know people need options people have options they're yeah. not obligated to doing what you want them to do they have people have preference yeah um and you know people have timing mm-hmm. because like for example i talk to a lot of um first time home buyers that want to buy yeah and i'd say probably more than 50% of them should not buy mm. because if they buy they might foreclose next year oh cuz they just don't have their finances because, in order or, or they're not disciplined uh, i yeah, mean yeah. just because you're qualified for a loan doesn't mean that you are qualified yeah. to be a homeowner that's true because some some people will buy a home and then they neglect the maintenance yeah they're too used to the rental Yeah. Uh, mindset of my landlord is going to fix everything. Yeah. So then when they buy a home it's like, shoot, I'm the landlord now. Yeah. So now they dig a hole financially and then now the home becomes too stressed, then they have to let it go and then now they're jaded. Yeah, yeah. You know, now they're jaded and then they go I'm never buying a home again. Yeah. It's because you bought it during the wrong time, you weren't disciplined enough. Yeah. You know, so I mean, some people grow you know they learn to discipline themselves uh when they're becoming a homeowner that's great but more than 50% of buyers first time home buyers should not buy a home because mm. you got to you got to discipline yourself yeah i i i always wanted to buy a house since i was like 18 and mm. i just had no money and i was like oh i got to do it i got to do it we're broke here baby yeah. uh <laughs> yeah broke boys no but so i was always like trying to work towards that so i finally achieved that goal and you know like yeah d- stepping into it it's definitely different in the sense yeah man like you didn't even answer your door when i can you were working in your garden yeah <laughs> i was working i was working outside because it's your baby now right yeah. you're trying to make it look sexy you're trying to make it look good <laughs> for people to hold and it's yeah. you want to make it look good for you cuz your baby now right yeah. and that's part of the maintenance behind that but some people like they're just not ready for that. Yeah, they don't want to fix things or whatever. Like I like fixing things. My dad's a contractor and so I kind of oh, grew up great. fixing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm a, a structural engineer, so like I know how to design these things too. So uh like it's fun for me to do those things, um, but I can definitely see how people would be like, "I'm over this. I don't Yeah, do yeah. Like it's very a home buying a home of your own is a lot of responsibility. Definitely. You know, and if you're not budgeting for it and you're not being realistic about it, then like you really need to seek counsel about that. And that's really what I do. Like yeah. when most of the time whenever I'm um helping my clients to go through the process of buying a home, that's really what I'm doing. Yeah. So my job as an agent is to look at what they're pre-approved for, what their budget is, and then tell them what type of home they can or should not buy. Right? Okay. And then from there A lot of times what I do is I'll counsel them. Sometimes majority of the time you probably did this when you've looking for this home. Mm-hmm. You had a budget, but you always liked the home that was higher than your budget. So yeah. eventually you went above your budget. Mm-hmm. Or if you're really disciplined, you're going to say no and you're just going to stick to your budget. To a lot of first-time home buyers, like they go in with a unrealistic expectation yeah. of the process. Cause like I'll tell them, hey, if you're qualified for 350k because of the market right now, I'd recommend you look at homes only priced at 330k. Okay. Because now you have twenty thousand dollars worth of buffer that you could compete with if mm-hmm. you need to compete. Yeah, if you got to compete. Yeah. yeah, because 
I mean, did you over uh, pay over asking for this yeah, to yeah. win it? You yeah. had to. Yeah, we had How to. many homes did it take for you to land on this home? This this is our third or fourth bid, I think. Yeah. Third or fourth bid, but how many homes did you see with your agent? Oh, a lot, dude. Tons. And, yeah, and More so than like thirty probably. Yeah, yeah, so like a lot of first time home buyers come into this thinking the first home I see, I'ma love and I'ma submit an offer <laughs> and I'ma get keys the next day. Doesn't work Hell, that way. Heck no. You gotta. I, yeah. I knew that that wasn't gonna happen, but yeah, I, I can see how some people are like, yeah, I'm gonna some, get this house. Yeah, some people get really emotionally attached to that process in the, yeah. and it's unrealistic. So then when it happens, it's like, shoot. There, you know what? There's a couple houses that we bid on that we were like pretty attached to. Yeah. And when we lost it, it was pretty devastating. Yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. when we, there was one that we lost that sucked a lot because our bid was the same as the other person's bid, but they were like, oh, but they have a, a kid on the way. And then they're like, well, we're gonna sell it to them. We're like, no. Yeah, do you like sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of elements that could go about that, but yeah. it really depends on all parties involved, yeah. right? And like, there's so much more that goes into play. And so like my job as an agent is to make sure that any client is within their budget yeah. and that if they do, decide to go outside their budget then of course they they could do that but just be warned that, you're going outside your budget yeah you know so i i a lot of times man i just therapize uh, I, i'm just a therapy for my clients therapy yeah because <laughs> yes. they because they're getting jaded now yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like it's okay next let's go look at the next home yeah. your dream home is still out there you know like i'm, I'm just a therapist yeah yeah really <laughs> that makes sense yeah you know? no i mean it's an emotional process it is it is for right sure yeah and, i mean you've been in for two years now this is no 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 this this is our we've been here for what almost a year no almost a year yeah oh man see so then like yeah, man, yeah. You're, you're still feeling the honeymoon stage, you know? Yeah, yeah, home. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's, I mean, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful, like, uh, accomplishment yeah. to become a homeowner. Now you have options, you know? If you don't want to live here, you can rent it out and go to a different area. Like, it's great. But all I'm saying is that, like, if anybody that's trying to buy a home, um, just speak to a local professional that you want to work with and see what they say about your situation because everybody's situation is different yeah you know and um also make sure that the person that you're working with has like a heart of a teacher because as a okay. first time homebuyer you probably had a thousand questions right yeah. why am i doing this why do i need to turn in my deposit am i gonna get that deposit back and yeah. we cancel like how much is 20 percent? how much is three yeah. percent so like make sure you have something that's not trying to like ghost you and they communicate and they're transparent with you and they answer every question you have because as a first time home buyer you're gonna have hundreds yeah, yeah. of questions so find somebody with that kind of attitude mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask another question i forgot what it was um but no i mean i i would say yeah like first time home buying is like such a process like you don't yes. even really understand like how much goes into it mm -hmm. and uh like I'm, but it's a cool it's definitely a cool process and yeah. i suggest everyone do it eventually so so like you know first time home buyers it is a it's a tough uh, it is a uh, frustrating process yeah but as you become more seasoned and you understand the process in and out and you are like some of these investors that are buying multiple homes and you're used to it like it it becomes less emotional 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I work with investors all the time. I work with first time home buyers and like mindset is totally different from the two. Mm-hmm. You know, like investors don't care about the home as much. They care about the numbers, how much yeah. it's going to generate income wise. First time home buyer is shoot is my family. And I like this house. Mm-hmm. How's mm-hmm. the school? How's the area? Can I jog at night and not yeah. feel like I'm going to get shot? Like, these are real questions, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, man. And and that's why I started Chia Talks. Okay. You oh, know? that's what I was going to ask you. Oh. <laughs> do you have any, do you have any um, videos on there that you would recommend someone going to who has no idea? Because I know your, I know your channel's very, um, de- like, uh, focused on the Sacramento area. Yeah. But do you have any videos on there that would, uh, you know, kind of puts a, a new home uh, owner or prospective homeowner like on game about this so, whole process so i have a lot of videos just go check them all out yeah. i have a lot but um if for a first time home buyer i would say start off with uh the first video you see on my channel okay when you go to my homepage, it's gonna say uh all the steps uh for first time home buyers on how to buy a home yeah okay like all yeah, the exactly. steps and then from there if you follow those steps you'll be golden Okay. Okay. And then it, I, it's, it's one of my longer videos that out of the norm, but I made that video and I started cheer talks was because I was getting so much repetitive questions about the same thing. So oh, okay. it, it was so much more easier for me to just say, Hey, go watch this video. Go watch the video. You have another question about Cindy? Just rewind it. Go watch. The- you know? Yeah. So it, it got to that point <laughs> to where, uh, that's why I was making these videos because dude, I would get so many phone calls calling me about some of the most simplest questions ever yeah yeah and it got to the point to where i finally understood like just because i know this does not mean people know it kind of like what we were saying about musicality just because i could follow the beat doesn't mean that person's gonna be able to follow the beat unconsciously yeah yeah yeah. it's a skill set and we do it unconsciously it's second nature to us because we're doing it all the time buying a home it's almost the same way like i for me like one of the most repetitive question I got was how much money do I need as a down payment? Mm-hmm. And the, of course the, the answer is always, it depends. Yeah. How much do you want your payment to be? Yeah. And what can you approve for? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of programs out there. There's some that you don't need any money down. Mm-hmm. There's some that only requires 1%, 2%, 3%, 5%, mm-hmm. 20%, but it depends on your budget. It depends yeah. on your, you know, everybody's situation is different in that regards. But I made a video about that. And then from there, it just kind of started piling up to where I started seeing people were looking out for these videos to come out because some people don't like to ask because they for them, it's a stupid oh. question. Oh, okay. So yeah. then for me, I always try to position myself as that person. So I'll make a video pertaining to that question, even oh. if it hasn't been asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll try to put myself in somebody else's shoe. Yeah. That's how I was able to come up with all my video topics. Yeah, okay. You know? So just so that way it could be out there. Yeah, no, it's it's that's it's smart to do that. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean like, it it could be a stupid question, but it's not stupid in the sense that some people, a lot of people don't know. Yeah, it. they won't know. I mean, I'll say it. I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, you you're only stupid when you don't ask the question. Really, yeah. that's what I would always say. But then like, yeah, it's it's not that nobody knows this. They should know. It's because it's not their livelihood. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't understand engineering. Yeah. I think you guys are crazy scientists behind the scenes. <laughs> you guys think of all the crazy stuff. But then, like, 
for you, you're probably like, ah, you know, because you do, you live and breathe that, you yeah, know. So, definitely. so that's that's always the feeling. So I always have to remind myself that everybody I'm working with, especially the first time home buyer, they're the same way. They're a blank slate. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I'm so in the weeds of engineering sometimes that I forget that I'm in the weeds when someone asks me like a question and I go like, oh, you don't know this, yeah. but then I gotta go. Oh yeah, but you don't do any of this yeah. ever. So like, I gotta take you back to like you know, like high school kind of like math to yeah. like explain this to you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, that that it's. It, I think it's good to have that out there because there's gonna be questions about stuff like that. And, and, and that's what I mean when I said you gotta find somebody that's gonna be willing to answer those questions for you. Okay. Because as yeah. a first time home buyer, you're gonna have that kind of question. Mm. And there's just some people out there that does not want to waste their time answering that question. For them, you're just a number. Mm -hmm. That might not be somebody you want as a first-time homebuyer. Mm, yeah, maybe as a seasoned buyer, it's okay to have somebody like that because you don't really you already know the process. Yeah, but as a first-time homebuyer, you need a lot of handholding, mm, yeah. and you need to have somebody by your corner that's willing to hold your hand, mm -hmm. like. The agent that got you guys this home. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys had to compete with other buyers to get this home. Yeah, we did. Yep. You know, so he or she did something to win you guys this bid. Yeah, I mean, she, <laughs> she was over there talking to the people like, "Hey, give it to them. That's Come what, on." Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I so think like, she knew the, the the seller actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think yeah, we had we had some kind of inside thing. I think. <laughs> Luckily, somehow, somehow there was some kind of thing. <laughs> Allegedly, right? Allegedly, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but then like. That's that's what you want because when you're going through the process of this, that person needs to advocate for you. Yeah, definitely. You know? They, you know, they were advocating. Like, yeah, you need that as a first-time homebuyer. I'm not saying as a seasoned investor, as yeah. a first-time homebuyer, yeah. you need somebody that's gonna advocate for you. Yeah. Last question: Do you, uh, do you, in your opinion, do you think like property is the best asset to own, like? comparing it to like let's say like cash in hand or like gold or bitcoin or you know other other things like that would you say property is the is the best asset to hold uh it's one of the best i, I would, would say yeah. that um i would say it's better than cash for sure for sure it's better because than cash. cash you're losing out automatically because of inflation we're not even gonna get to that yeah and then when you're when you have property, you know, like your property is going to rise with inflation, mm -hmm. right? So then you're kind of hedging yourself against that. And so like towards cash, I would say, yes, if you mm -hmm. are able to buy a home and utilize your cash to go buy a property, it's probably best you do that mm -hmm. because you're not getting anything at the banks yeah. for your money. You're actually losing value because of inflation. Yeah. So I would say that, but compared to like stocks, crypto and all that, you know, it's, we're in a new society now. It is. Yeah. We're in a new society now to where NFTs can make somebody yeah. like rich, right? Or Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Like you have I need to sell some NFTs of this show or something. <laughs> Who wants to buy it? <laughs> no? Bro, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it is. But then like, just so that way I don't uh, go too much into this, but I think with the real estate, what we're human at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Real estate is one of those assets that you could have that you could feel. Yeah, yeah, it is. You can feel, you know it's yours. You yeah. can live in it. You can rent it out. You can Airbnb it. You can make money from it, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have a lot of control over your property. Um, when it comes to all of those other things, you know, I'm not an expert on Bitcoin or NFTs or any of that, but a lot of that is digital. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like for me, I feel like it's one of those things where shoot, I don't have much control over that,、mm-hmm. right? Because what if what if the internet gets taken away? <laughs> the aliens come and take it. Shoot, like. Or- Shoot,、yeah. like、uh, for real, or you like, put in the matrix or something. Or, or what if what if my internet is down? Yeah. Shoot, what if I can't pay internet <laughs> now? You know what I mean. So like, it's one of those things where it's like I can't touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's scary. Maybe I'm old school because of that. Because、yeah. now people be flashing NFTs and Bitcoin, and that's like、yeah. their social status now. I mean, it's a new world now. But like for me, I'm I'm gonna always stick to a home. Not because I'm a real estate agent or anything like、yeah. that, but it's because I understand like the pros and cons of、mm. owning a home. You know, like yeah, not everybody should buy a home yet.、Mm-hmm. But When you are ready to buy a home, you should take advantage、yeah. of it and buy a home because then, shoot, what's going up now? Rent's going up. Yeah. And like I think, in this same area, it's probably higher than your mortgage,、mm-hmm. or about the same. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not your home though. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like when you look at it from that aspect, it's like, shoot, I'd rather just own the home that I rent. Yeah, exactly. Because what if rent continues to go up? Mm-hmm. It always will. It's gonna always go up.、Yeah. That's how it is, and it's we're never gonna see homes like how our parents got it. Yeah, we're never gonna see homes drop to like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen, That's people. Happening. Even at the lowest low, it's not gonna get to that point、it's、ever. Not, yeah, you know, unless somebody loves you and they just gave away the house, and then there yeah, you go. You'd have to inherit it. Yeah. Yeah, but then like the market wise, even if it crashes, I don't think it's gonna get down to those ancestral. Prices in it. Would, I mean, it, I, there's no way we'd do it. Just, I think fundamentally the way that our monetary system works in the U.S., there's no way it would happen because, because basically the solution always is to like print money, which always causes inflation, which、right. is just going to make th- this asset go higher in price. It, at least that's what I think from, you know, from a dummy's p- perspective. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Like not to get too like analytical or anything, but then like if you look at history, right, on the housing prices, yeah, it goes up and down. Yeah, but, but long term, it's always going up. Yeah. In, in my opinion, you look at all these assets like、uh, property. You look at、um, uh, gold. You look at Bitcoin. Historically, they always go up. And to me, I think we're looking at it all wrong. I think they. Basically, hold their yeah their wealth, and the dollar just goes down. It is. I I you know you're, you're right on that. And like I said, I don't want to go too deep into that because I could talk about that all day. Oh yeah, you know, because I, I can too. You know, <laughs> but it's interesting. And I mean, money learning about all these things is interesting because you don't learn about it in school, right? Yeah. But then the more you learn about it, the more pissed off you are that you didn't learn it in school. You know,、yeah. so I'm not even gonna get into that. Yeah,、topic. dude, that's me. <laughs> dude, that's me. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. Messed up, yeah. You know, so so like right now I have kids, but, right? You're about to have a kid, so、yeah. I teach my kids all these things. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I I tell my wife, I'm like, the moment they get old enough to use a credit card, I'm gonna give them a credit card. Yeah, because they need credit. Yeah, you need. Unfortunately,、credit. we live in the society to where credit scores everything. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know that until man, like way late in my life, I was like, oh crap, I need、yeah. a credit card, and so I got it, and just you know, I was good with it. Yeah. Basically bought everything on it and, and then pay it, pay it off、yep. like every 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 month. Yeah, just use、and、it the same way you're utilizing a debit card. Yeah, then you'd be fine. I I, be, I almost just threw away my debit card、yeah. and just never used it. In a sense,、it. you、yeah. in a sense you want to because、yeah. think of it as this way, you know, like the debit card is the bank's money.、Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's technically your money that's in that debit card. Yes, but you're not getting no value from swiping it. Yeah. As a credit card, you if you out. use it the way you use a credit card, I mean a debit card, then you'll be fine. Yeah. But on top of that, you might get points. Mm-hmm. You might get cash back, rewards, and your score is going to go up to yeah. where you could buy a home. Yeah. And you'll have cheaper interest. No no one told me any of that. I, I was just a dummy and like, I don't know what, I don't know how I found that but out. But you're an engineer, man. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, no, playing. I mean, but hey, I'm just playing. I started, Money's different. Money's I started different. out dumb as hell in everything. We all And did, I figured, bro. I like, I don't know, I st- st- eventually stumbled on the idea of credit and I was like, Oh crap, I need credit. And then that's when it all clicked to me. And I was like, okay, I need to start doing I this. And now so, I have really good credit. Yeah, I, did I was that. so against credit cards. When yeah, I was, I was like up. the same way. I was like, you're stupid. You got a credit card, trash it. You know, yeah. I was like that until I understood money. And I'm like, yeah. damn, everybody needs a credit card. Yeah. But I mean, don't abuse it. Don't abuse it. Use it the way you're using a debit, is yeah. what I'm some saying. Some people shouldn't have credit cards. Yes, yeah, just like some people shouldn't shouldn't buy a home. Yeah. If you're not responsible, you don't have You just gotta be disciplined. Yeah. But that's a principle you should apply everywhere in life. If you're not disciplined about something in life, like you shouldn't even do it. Like some yeah. people some people like I mean I mean I'm gonna go off tangent here, but like drug dealers. Oh yeah. If you're smoking your drug, then you shouldn't be selling drugs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, because you're you're your number one customer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and you're just gonna be an addict. You're never gonna make money. You're gonna owe a bunch of people hella money. I mean, that's kind of the anything that you're selling, really. Like, you don't want to just be like, I'm selling this, but I don't have any product. Yeah, I'm the yeah, exactly. So like, apply that with life. Yeah. (laughs) At that point, you're just a consumer. Yes, (laughs) that's all it is. Yes, (laughs) for reals, man. Yeah. Well, hey, dude, this was a great talk, man. Um. Yeah. Do you have any last minute thoughts? Where can people find you? So YouTube, Chia Talks, one word, no spaces. Uh, Facebook also. Um, man, just look me up. I'm always on my phone. So mm-hmm. like, if you text me or message me on one of those platforms, I'll respond. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll respond. Like, while you're at it, just go check out one of my videos and comment below that we sent you there. Like, this yeah. podcast sent you there. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Let's <laughs> That'd go. That'd be dope. And if you buy a house, go through him <laughs> and, you know, give me like... You might not be the right fit, but you won't know until you ask. Give me like some commission to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry the show sucks. Ooh, that camera's dead. <laughs>